1: Ladies and gentlemen, your host for the House of Hardcore podcast, Tommy Dreamers!
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the House of Hardcore podcast. I'm your host Tommy Dreamer, and this week my guest, Impact Wrestling's own Raj Singh. Raj, what's going on?
1: Hey Tommy, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for joining me. Uh, interested to have you on uh, for <laughs> a bunch of reasons, but get to that in a bit. Um, I ask everybody, the first question is, what got you hooked into this wonderful world of professional wrestling?
1: Um. I think, I'm not sure if you're familiar with my story or not, but uh, it's a little bit different for me, I guess. I was actually born into wrestling. Um, You know, my dad, uh, Gama Singh, was in Stampede when I was born, and he was uh, traveling, working for WWF at the time as well. And my earliest memory, earliest memories are in the locker room, Stampede Wrestling. I was always in the ring, dying, waiting for the show to end so I can hop in the ring, and I just knew, I just knew I was always going to be a wrestler and doesn't matter what I did, what sport I played in, what sport I excelled in. I was always reverting back to, I want to wrestle and having three brothers. All we ever did was watch dad on TV, watch WWF, watch ECW, watch WCW. And then I can't wait to just finish school and get in the ring. And that's, that's all it was like, I was just. Super television. So it's like not an exciting answer, but the fact that I was born into it, it's all I was always around. It's all I ever wanted to do.
0: Oh, I mean, I know. I knew you're, you're a second generation wrestler, correct? Yeah. And uh, I mean, I, I knew that and uh, I had figured as much, but yeah, we never really talked your whole story. But I mean, you're also there for like the good stampede, the, mm-hmm. the really, really cool stuff. So I'm sure you grew up watching some amazing, amazing pro wrestling I mean live best seat in the house
1: it, it was the best like uh, I'm watching you know my dad who was a top heel at the time and we had Bad News Allen, who was also there at the time you know a, a vicious villain in the in the kayfabe days where we couldn't even sit in the crowd because people would throw things at my mom just for being Gamma Singh's wife and we weren't we weren't allowed to sit in the venue so we were always sitting in the back behind the curtain watching and then we got to see guys like the Dynamite Kid, Davy Boy Smith, Brett, Owen um, Keith, Bruce at the time, Brian Pillman, ev- like, everybody was a good wrestler, so we never really got to see bad matches, and that's what also got us hooked, too, because I'm like, everyone's so good, everyone's so cool, and, and it was hardcore.
0: <laughs> now, let me ask you, because uh, we just saw that at an uh, NBA game where the fans started healing, or he claims they were uh, bothering his son and his wife. Um well, that was, you know, you're the rival sports team, but it was your dad's job to go out there and get people really, really pissed at the crowd. And I, I know he did it. But I didn't, uh, listen, I, I had barely watched any Stampede. I just never got it. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I always heard about it through wrestling magazines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I mean, how are you reacting as a kid? This is your dad, somebody you love, but yet he's going out there <laughs> and riling up people to want to kill him um
1: it was it was co- confusing at first because I was like what the heck like don't these people like I mean to me he was my dad he's yeah, a nice guy great guy at home you know discipline me when he had to but when he's on tv he's always like vicious and violent and it wasn't until he smartened me up but <laughs> when he smartened me up I was like okay cool I, I actually enjoy this I want people to throw things at us I want I want them to to hate the whole family that's cool but before that, I was just I was I was actually like, you know, I'm a little kid and we're concerned because, again, like my mom had to have su- uh, security walking her around. And, you know, looking back, I see it as like, wow, he must have done a really good job or just the fans were that big of idiots that they didn't care.
0: <laughs> well, was also were I mean, I'm, I'm I don't know the area but was it predominantly white in the audience or like, I mean, it's easy to, to spot your mom with, you know, being Indian and having three boys that are Indian. Yeah. You no, know, it's somebody on the, the show's kid, you know? Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: yeah. It, it was predominantly white. Um, so it, and it was also a different time where racial slurs were thrown on TV as part of the right. agitation towards, uh, you know, the, the, the heel.
0: Yeah, stuff that,
1: stuff that would never fly today. That's for sure. No, I mean, I watch,
0: I watch so much wrestling. Again, I wish someone would release Stampede Library. You don't, I don't, I, you don't really hear much about it. I know WWE had bought some of it, Ooh. but there's a lot of good stuff. You go down that YouTube wormhole. But yeah, I mean, political upset accept, acceptance today. You know, w- there was a ton by the baby faces, not only the heels, but mainly the baby faces. <laughs> you know cutting racist promos towards the the bad guys to get the crowd to cheer because like you said the audience is 80 percent, you know in favor but uh, i mean it's not so much racist it's like we support whatever the good guy says
1: a hundred percent and i remember like the fans like i mean i still watch some of the old stuff like i have a bunch of dvds for my dad whatever um Like using the P word against my dad was what the fans would chant. They would go home, P word, go home, P word over and over and over again. And the only the the loophole for them to be allowed to say it on TV was they announced my dad from Karachi, Pakistan. Because the P word is you uh, know the right. first four letters of Pakistan, so that's why instead of saying he's from India, they'll say Pakistan. So the fan, and then all the fans would say, it and whoever the the babyface was would start getting the crowd going, and it was on TV, and back then it was kind of normal, I guess.
0: Dude, I remember uh, the homophobic slur of the F word, mm. and babyface is clapping <laughs> <laughs> and making effeminate gestures at the heels, and you'd have you know, thousands of people doing it. And it was just because we support what this baby face is doing. Uh, It's insane to go back and watch all that stuff. Uh, But glad that the business and society has progressed because you also got to be, if you're going to be a heel, a smarter heel, which is very, very cerebral. Absolutely. And it educates us all. And then it
1: it forces us as wrestlers to educate ourselves on, more things in the world so that we're not just come out there and using derogatory derogatory terms and stuff like that. So.
0: We're on a very, very uh, deep dive outside of your, we haven't even started, (laughs) you've begun this, but it's a, it's a great listen and a great thing to go. It's because you're becoming uh, tolerant, you know, and uh, I've, I've watched things on YouTube that have happened with like hall of famers like things that they've done and then people you know but it's a wrestling angle and like but people don't understand like i uh man i always talk about this the movie where the guy went to jail uh he curb stomped the dude american and, history X. yeah american history X, and he's, he's a straight up he put he portrays a racist and then he changes mm-hmm. and like but he was an actor portraying that like your dad Is his job to get people to be to play the villain, but yet it's like how far do you go nowadays? But people they do edit movies now, but how far would you know people willing to go or just really touch it to be that type of heel? Because I mean, if you think about if if you're if this was today, no one would scream that because they knew it would be offensive now. So that's right. why I Got to be a better villain, a smarter villain. Mm. So anyway, I could go on a deep dive about your dad because I love your dad ever since <laughs> I I met him, and I was just like, Don Callis was the first to put him over to me because mm. again, I never saw it, and then I've watched so much stuff. Or whenever I come across this stuff, I usually send it to you. And yeah. I was just like, "Damn, look at his body! Damn, he was Jack!" Like because again, it's it's I only met the older man. Right. And we exchanged war stories and then going through wrestling magazines. I'll see him here or see him there. And uh, Georgia Palatano always puts over what a great human being your father is. So that's a, a really, really cool thing to to smarten me up to what, you know, he meant to a lot of people. And, you know, yeah. I, I like I told you, I saw him in IWA, just a complete enhancement talent. Mm-hmm. That was like look at this guy's body. Why are they not doing anything with him? You know, but it is what it is. That's the wrestling business. All right. (laughs) So uh, how, uh, how do you get started?
1: Um, So I actually played hockey um, and I was a, I mean, not to brag here, but I was a high-level hockey player, and this
0: is all have, about you. Brag as much <laughs> as you want.
1: <laughs> like, oh, I mean, I just try to keep it humble. Otherwise, you'll stumble at some point. Um, I and and I had opportunities to play in the NCAA and junior hockey, and I was dealing with a bunch of injuries. And like I said, I I was always thinking about wrestling, and hockey just came easy to me. So, I. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's strange to say a bunch of my friends and stuff went on to go play in the NHL, but I was like, I just don't want to do that. I want to wrestle. And I was like, you know, we were all on the same team. I was one of the top guys in the city, top guys in the country. And then I just, I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to go to college in the States and then play hockey. I'm just going to start wrestling. And I got hurt playing hockey. And then I took like about three weeks, four weeks. And then I, I talked to my dad and he's like, well, bad news. Alan's starting school. And he's gonna start training people. And he's started training my cousin, uh Jinder. And he's like, Do you want to go train with Raj? And I was like, Yeah, maybe I'll go check it out. Maybe I'll go check it out, but we'll see. And then as the days went on, I was like, Okay, I'm gonna say no to this contract to this uh scholarship. And then I went, started training and right away like hit the ground running. And then Bad News was only running classes like once a week kind of thing. And we had Jer- Jerry Morrill from Stampede Wrestling as well. And Johnny Smith doing classes. So then I was in the ring every day. I wasn't going the once a week. I just went in right away. And I was, of course, lucky enough with my dad that my dad <laughs> pulled some strings and called Johnny and Jerry. said, take Junior. And they all called me Junior because uh, for whatever reason. And then um, I was in the ring every day. And just within a handful of months, I was working and, and, and never looked back. (laughs) I never looked back. So it was just, um, yeah, I put the hockey stick down, picked up some wrestling shoes and right away went, went into the ring with bad news. How old uh, were you? I was 19. Do you regret it? No, not at all. I don't regret it. I I do, I do regret the part of not going to school and just finishing the school because you can always get the degree, or you can always learn to wrestle after you get the degree. So, and I think, well, maybe I could have had like a whole NHL career a few years and then wrestle. But I don't think about it like that because I'm very, you know, like the whole sliding doors concept or the butterfly effect. Had I done something differently, who knows? Maybe maybe my cousin wouldn't have gone on to become a wrestler and progress into his career. And then he doesn't become a WWE champion. And then the whole trajectory of that uh, industry is different so i have that mentality
0: yeah no I get um, it.
1: yeah and i also like with my brothers i was more like the sports guy and always doing thing, things trying to get them into stuff and they were all video game guys and um i just i just i don't regret it because there was things that i've done in my life that others don't experience like i was traveling the world at 21 years old wrestling for carlos cologne wrestling in south africa wrestling 11 on the middle east and i'd come back and share those stories with people and motivate others to get into the business or motivate others to do things and chase their dreams. So in that sense, I don't regret it. No.
0: Now I went and I researched your dad and I knew he, WWE would go to the middle East a lot during the eighties. Yeah, And your dad was a mainstay on these tours. Right. Was he a heel or a baby face?
1: He was a babyface over there, and he was a heel, when they would do their shows in Toronto.
0: Nice, because um, like I saw, and I was also reading Andre the Giant's book, and he said Sheik Adnan Al Casey, you mm-hmm. know, would book uh, him, and when he, they were working, he was actually working for uh, what's his name, Saddam Hussein. And, <laughs> uh, like, because that's Al Casey. Al Casey went to school with. Hussein mm-hmm. and like they have this big thing, and then they basically Andre finds out that uh, if Hussein, like they tell him that to El Casey that don't worry because they believe in it, it's 100% real. That if he yeah. does anything, they'll kill him. <laughs> and Andre legit gets beat by I think it was two out of three falls, too. Two out of three falls, he loses the first two yeah. and He's out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, take, got to do the job or you're going to do the ultimate job and and someone's going to kill you.
0: And dude, me reading that, I was just like, wait, Andre's been pinned before? (laughs) (laughs) But the caveat in my Mark brain has been uh, he wasn't Andre the Giant yet. He was Giant uh, Farrar or Andre Rusomoff, all these other things, but he was not Andre the Giant yet. So that's how I have to justify it. (laughs) Hey there, auto mechanics and super cool do-it-yourself guys who work on their own cars. I want to tell you about rockauto.com, the online store with every auto part at the best prices. This is your one-stop shop for everything auto parts. Rockauto.com has been in business for 20 years, and they make it easy to find parts you need at the best possible prices. No more talking to counter guys who need to order your parts, aren't really sure what you're looking for, never have quite what you need, and then after all that hassle, will still charge you storefront markups at rockauto.com. You can easily find everything you need, and whether you're a mechanic, an auto shop, or working on your own car, everyone has access to the same incredible pricing at rockauto.com. So if you're a car guy, right now go to rockauto.com and check out all the parts available for your car. You're going to have so much fun looking at car parts. So once more, go to rockauto.com. No promo code needed as their pricing is already that good. When you order, make sure you tell rockauto.com that you heard about them right here on the house, hardcore podcast, rockauto.com. Let's get back to it. Um, All right. So you're, you're doing a bunch of indies, you're traveling, which is really, really cool. And then how does impact happen for you? I'm assuming impact is your biggest break in the biz so far. Impact is the biggest break. Yes.
1: Um, So I had gone for a few tryouts and been called in to be an extra a bunch of times. And they signed my cousin on the spot. Um, they, WWE? Yeah, WWE. Okay. They call my cousin. They sign him on the spot. And they tell me, they're like, you guys, great tag team, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we'll look at you. Come back with something. They bring me in for another tryout. This is around 2012. And they say, hey, we've got the Indian thing. Can you come up with something? We like the way you work. Can you come up with something? Bring it to the table. So I actually start like, you know getting down on myself and you know go, going into like a line of depression because all I wanted was to be in the business and and it is like heartbreaking cuz like all your all my buddies are getting like breaks and stuff and I'm not getting it and I and and at the time I felt like I'm a good good enough worker to have the opportunity and I had a good body and stuff so I was like damn what, what am I missing so I come up with a full on Puerto Rican salsa dance gimmick Like, I shave my head, shave the beard. I come out, I'm doing salsa. My guy's the ultimate jobber. He does not care about winning. He cares about girls, and he cares about dancing in the ring. His name is Fabian Ribeiro, the stamina poppy. (laughs) So I completely come up with something new, speaking broken English, speaking some Spanish on the mic, salsa dancing. WWE likes the idea. They say, come on in for a tryout. They say, hey, but grow the beard and bring the turban with you. (laughs) I'm like, all right, sweet. So I do that. Um, and that's, so I did that gimmick for about two years and then WWE brings me in for tryout and they say, we want to work with you. And we, we have plans for doing some stuff in India. I say, okay, cool. I was working a, a an office job at the time. And, um, then I get a phone call from impact and I say, Hey, can we get your dad's contact? Cause Don Callis didn't have my dad's number. He just had the house line, he didn't have my dad's cell. So then he's like, hey, they get in touch. My dad goes to Impact. And then Don's like, hey, we're looking for Indian guys for Impact. I know I've seen you work, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm like, hey, Don, like, I appreciate the call. But WWE wants to work with me. He's like, oh, sweet, congrats. I bring my dad in. And then WWE tells me we're going to look a little further, a little further, a little bit longer. OK, we got plans. We got plans. And then Don called and said, don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. He said, we're here. You're a good talent. Let's have you look, uh, ha- give you a look. So then I wrestled in front of Scott uh, at a show. And then I get a phone call. Um, and I actually started going back and forth for a little bit with uh, the executive in WWE that I was dealing with. And I just told them, I was like, I'm going to go to a place where I'm wanted as opposed to just, you know, like, you know, they're dangling the carrot kind of because they know that I'm, I'm chasing it. And I, I, I basically became too desperate that they just dangled the carrot for me. And then I was given the opportunity to come to Impact. And right then and there, uh, Scott and Don um, had offered me a deal for a few years. And, 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 and the fact that I got to be on screen with my dad was like the icing on the cake. They're like, it'll be you and your dad. Like your dad's not here for one or two days just to like push some Indian market. Like we want your dad here. And my dad was already on screen with uh, Gercinder and uh, Rohit at the time. So then, uh, yeah, and then uh, I made him to jump over and and that's where I've been since.
0: One of Don's where he still talks about one of his favorite shoots of all time is putting your father on a horse or a donkey. Yeah. (laughs) Your father riding it backwards. That's right. Yeah. Like totally going out of seed with it. I'm part of all this, but I'm not at the shoot. But like, then Scott has to try to find someone who has a horse and like all this stuff that you guys had shot. But Don, because Don has so much respect for your dad. Yeah. And which is shocking because Don respects nobody. So that's uh, (laughs) kudos and high praise. Yeah. But that's also because in crazy Don mind, it's your father was a villain and your father was a villain that went out there always to be the villain. And you had mentioned so many like, Everybody says, I never saw him, Jerry Morrow. Everyone says what a great friggin' worker he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your dad, bad news. These are all guys who like Don, because Don wants to be that villain all the time. Uh, Anyway, but like, that's how all this went down. It it is, it's amazing when you talked about the whole butterfly effect and everything. I I, I 100% get it because it's just like, if you went to WWE, that may never have happened for you um mm-hmm. you may never have even been acknowledged with your dad on television which that is a cool friggin thing you know mm-hmm. and uh it's just everything happens for a reason and and I'm glad that that uh that happened for you because mm-hmm. uh, I mean you look at gender gender didn't have at first the best career hell I beat him when I returned <laughs> on one night <laughs> on WWE <laughs> so you know you know how low on this scale he was. Yeah. When an outsider, I didn't even work there, and they came in, I and I, I got to work with him, and uh, and then he totally oh. reinvents himself. Yeah. And he was always that same guy, except for basically, I want to say, physically, mm-hmm. and he totally reconstructed his body, mm-hmm. and he finally got that opportunity, which I still don't know why he's not. I don't know anything about what's going on with him, but mm-hmm. I don't know why he's still not in that top guy status. But yeah. That, that's when I interview him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but that is cool. And then I, I didn't know any of this about the NXT stuff, which is another cool, cool thing that you said, number one, mental health, because yeah. it is very, very pressing because like you said, you want this, you want this, but they're not giving you definitive answer. As well, I mean, they have enough money just to sign you to to bring you down to the PC to do nothing with you. Or it's like, do I have a real job? Do I quit? Am I not good enough? Like there's all these things I'm sure that were going through your head and then you get another opportunity. And that's like, it's a saving grace for, but a lot of people don't get that. And a lot of people also, they wait for that dangling carrot and then you wait two years. Oh, by the way, you're too old now you know, and it doesn't work.
1: Uh, Yeah. And the thing, the thing for me too, is just like, so my dad and I and my brothers, we have like money invested in properties and I own a ball hockey league, a men's league in Calgary. So I'm the commissioner for that. And that's my, that's my bread and butter throughout the year. And I'm like, man, I got to give all this up. And I'm willing to do it at the drop of a hat. But at the same time, I'm willing to do that. Like I, I would wrestle with the thought all the time. I'm willing to drop all of this for a company that will forget about me in five seconds and they might even forget about me in five seconds while I'm on the roster. So I'm just like, um, so yeah, it's like, again, <laughs> we love it. So my wrestlers are crazy. You know, this. we're all, we're all, we're all crazy. That's the one thing. So, so much passion, so much devotion to wanting to make it that we sometimes forget about the real life things. And it can, it can take an emotional toll on people. And you know, I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I reached out for help um in in times of depression and i and I, I i spoke to to counselors and things like that because it's very important a big i'm a big advocate for that and i i take no shame in admitting that and i'm a i'm a big advocate that if somebody is feeling down any negative thoughts you want to quit you want to give up you go and see somebody go and talk to a family member first if you need to if you feel that you're going to get judged speak to somebody and then that is actually what rejuvenated me and pushed me to the next level to just fully commit to, again, getting in shape, getting, getting everything right. And then going to, uh, impact
0: wrestling. Uh, it's funny we say that for alcoholics, drug addicts, what do they mm. always say? If you're, if you're going to relapse, call your sponsor, but when it's mm. mental health, you know, it's not like, well, you're supposed to call somebody. You're supposed to call right. somebody for help. It's the right. same type of issue where you're in crisis. You need help. It's if you really break it down that simple, you get hurt, you fall down, or you can't get up, or you cut yourself really, really bad. You can't, you call 911. Hey, I need a, a doctor. It's the same exact thing.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Across the
0: board, and I don't know why. I think it's a, I hate to say it, but I think it's a more of a, a masculine thing where mm-hmm. it's like, oh no, well, you can't because of years of people not talking about it, but more that these conversations talk about it, you yeah. literally, I know straight up, I've had people reach out to me online. And I will always say, reach out to somebody because, and people like, holy shit, I never thought that like Tommy dreamer would answer my, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, you're some, I'm a human being. And you're someone in crisis. We've all been there. And we learn from, you know, I guess life experiences that life can get better throughout. You know, or it may not be, you know, your fault. And I don't want to say fault, but like, hey, there's there's chemical imbalances with people. There's exactly. all different things that are making you feel this this way. And there's people that can help out there. So it's really, really cool that you, uh, said that. And again, other shit that I didn't know about you. So now I like even more minus you never <laughs> any of my baseball trade opportunities to you. But that's <laughs> but like you. So- no, Hey, I hooked
1: you up with Vladdy Guerrero last year and then I just ended up at the bottom. So I can't get bitten twice.
0: That's, yeah. <laughs> I'll job you about fantasy. I won't job about anything else except for fantasy. <laughs> anyway. Um, so then, uh, uh, I remember cause It's a a shitty part. Another shitty part about your career life. Well, you get hurt. Yeah. And things were going pretty damn good for you. Yeah. Yeah. On television all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get hurt. You blow out your knee. Yes, sir. My
1: ACL and LCO um, and my meniscus. And that was just, that sucked because I played hockey my whole life. No major injuries. Nothing. Like, I mean, had a bad shoulder, but I just pop it back in. And actually... Um, I don't know if you notice on my first day at impact, I dislocated my shoulder in the segment, but nobody knew. I didn't tell anybody. Don found out like maybe on like the <laughs> second or third loop. I told them, but if you watch it again, I'll send you the clip later. I go to, cause uh, that's when you guys had Rohit and Gamma doing the match. And I come in, jump Rohit boom! wow, oh, this is a test. You're now you're with my son. But I go and I give them that gut buster. Like I have them in the fireman's carry, the gut buster. But I was wearing my, my jacket, the traditional Indian jacket. So as Rohit pushes off, my jacket gets stuck and pulls my shoulder down. So it just pops right out. And I sort of botched the, the gut buster. And I'm like, oh, freak. And I can't move my arm. So I'm going to send you the clip. And you'll see my arm is literally just dangling there. And I can't move it. And I'm like, thank God it was just a gut buster. And then my dad does the rest. So. I go, we have a match. Uh, I actually tell people, like, I call myself Shockmaster Singh for the start um, because of that. And then, <laughs> and, then um, and then, I have a bad match in Vegas on the next loop. You walk up to me because you were always, you, you, one thing, you were always very cool to me. And you came in like, you know, word of advice, word of encouragement, do this better. And you, and you, did that from day one and you didn't know me and you didn't have to. And I, I, I'm forever thankful for that. In Vegas, I have an, a match, a good match, then a shitty match one of the worst in my life. And you turn around and you're just like, eh, it wasn't that good. Sharpen some things up. Let's go over it again. I don't know if you remember that. I do. And then I start dedicating myself. I go, I get my friend to buy a ring. <laughs> my buddy's got mad money. I get my friend to buy a ring. I'm like, buy a ring. I need to be in the ring every day no more, no more BS. So he gets the ring, we get the space. And I mean, and we start on an upwards trajectory. Yes, we're not winning on TV, but it's not about that. It's about putting on the show and putting, uh, instilling confidence with the production team and the office to want to use us and have the boys in the ring. Be like, I trust Raj. I want to work with Raj. This is a guy I want to work with. That's what I'm about. Cause I love this business. And as things are rolling, things are rolling, things are rolling. Shara comes back. It looks like they want to push the DC Hit Squad. And my knee pops while I'm training in the ring literally a day before we're supposed to go to Mexico. And I'm just like, I'm shattered at this point because now I'm starting, I'm, I'm getting the break and I start to go up. And, and then it was an emergency thing where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just go to Mexico. Like, you know, I pop, I pop my knee back in. It got locked. Actually, what was happening, I was stretching and it got locked. And I, I hobble into my car, go to the doctor. He unlocks my knee and I go to put my winter boot back on and my knee popped again. He's like, you need emergency surgery. He's like, we got to go get it right now. But then that's when COVID hit. So I got pushed back three months. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm literally sitting there getting depressed, watching Impact, playing Madden. And uh, yeah. Waiting for surgery, calling every day. Hey, is there a cancellation? I'll come to the hospital right now. I had friends that are doctors and a cousin that's a doctor. I'm like, yo, bro, if there's a cancellation, I will drive over it within the hour. Right. So, I, yeah, I had to like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: in the greatest story that's never been told, too, with Rich Swan, Rich Swan breaks his ankle, needs surgery, uh, totally messed up. Mm-hmm. COVID hits as well. They not only blow off his surgery, he finally gets his surgery and then he can't rehab it because no rehab place are open. So he has to rehab his own leg. right? He he has to teach himself how to, how to friggin' walk. But these are, you know, the times that we have and, you know, Mm -hmm. Canada was, I don't want to say insane, but super protective of COVID Mm -hmm. and, you know, you hear good and bad about it, but I also know about, you know, the whole, when you have a government, uh, in sh- government medical plan and all that stuff you have to you know wait wait in line when it's not life-threatening and you know it's all these other things they're fine about yeah. so yeah you just sit around and wait um but then it's the comeback and yeah. you've come back better than ever and you've also like you, you dedicated yourself I remember when you first came back I was like holy shit dude you're in great shape yeah and um it's cool that I do remember. Listen, I I always saw something in you, and it wasn't like because of I knew nothing about your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was I just saw something in you that this guy has something to offer the industry, mm-hmm. and then if you think about because I'm always hands on with uh, I'm very hands on with Bupender, but mm-hmm. which is always really evolved around you, and now like I'm just like I have Raj there. I know it's going to get the job done. So everything that I knew that I had seen in you is already there because I know I don't have to like exactly what you just said about wrestlers wanting to say that about you, somebody that you grew up watching. um, I already see that in you because you do it for me. And it's like, all right, I know I have him. And to the point where I wanted to work with you and uh, Shira and all that stuff, but just things got pushed back but yeah we'll have a massive feud, and I won't say anything bad towards I won't use any of those old school racist <laughs> terms We'll have to be more intelligent yeah. Yeah, but I mean sure. honestly it's I think it's really really cool to um I'm just telling you as you know performer to peer that you've already accomplished those things because mm-hmm. I mean how many times do I rely on you all right, come back to me later because I know you're i know it's gonna work
1: yeah yeah so no, I know and you instill that trust in me, and that and that actually gives me an extra confidence to do what I want to do, and take those extra chances in a ring, and take those extra chances in a promo. And it's uh, and and you didn't have to do that. You would go out of your way, even in uh, in the restaurant in Mexico. You see me and my dad sitting there. You're like, yo, let me talk to you for a sec. And you gave me a cut a full on promo do this time next time. Bah, 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 bah. Full on swears and stuff. And I don't swear in front of my dad, you know, my, you know, my dad, quiet little guy and yeah. you're full on swearing. And then at the end, but overall, good job. All right. Enjoy your food. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh shit. Okay. But it was like, it, and that kind of stuff, it it, it it sticks. Like, I'm not trying to kiss your ass on camera on your show here, but I'm like, that kind of stuff helps motivate a guy like me because also I'm from Canada who has literally the shittiest Indies in the world. Like we you're doing one one show in Calgary every two weeks, one in Edmonton every week, like and all the American guys all know each other. So they're like all buddy, buddy. And I'm just literally the new guy coming in saying, hey, what's up, everybody? Like, how's it going? I see you guys only at the loops, really. And you went out of your way to make sure I was comfortable as well. But you also wanted the best for me, which would in turn make the show better.
0: Well, I want that for everybody. And I always say this, you know, about me. I understand why I am the way I am. One, it's because of loss, but also we all strive perfection mm-hmm. as well as I've had the, some amazing coaches. I literally, and I've told you this, I come back through a curtain and there's my boss, Paul Heyman, telling mm-hmm. me how to be better. There's Terry Funk. There's another guy, Mick Foley. Mick Foley helped me for no reason. Mm-hmm. And like, it's that same thing. I want to, and I have been given it back. And yes, it is for the show, but it's also for the individual because I hate you do it. Oh, you did everything great. No, I didn't. And you know, Mm -hmm. I've used this, you coming from a sports background, you understand it. You have a coach. Hey, Mm -hmm. you could score three goals in a game, but then, Hey, you missed a a play and the guy scored a goal because of you. 100%. I'm going to, Tell you when you do bad, but I'm also going to praise you when you do good, and mm. that's honesty. And in a business that we don't really receive that, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with saying like, "Hey, what's wrong with your performance?" Or mm. you did. I I normally now just go. This was bad. The rest was good. Not for you, just for everybody. Or yeah. if it was all bad, I will say it was all bad. It sucked. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. which is good because we need that honesty. We don't need people blowing smoke up each other's asses. Exactly.
0: Um, So now you're back. Uh, You've been doing really, really well. Uh, And you're on TV every week. Yeah. Um, How do you feel? Because now we've seen it. uh, I guess the word is inclusivity. Is that the Mm -hmm. proper word where there's more Indian represent Indian representation on television than ever? Um, Mm -hmm. How do you feel about it?
1: Um. So, you know, it's 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 a touchy subject because you we're straddling a line here. Um, again, I, I'm the beneficiary of that, so I, I'm okay, sweet, thank you. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, uh, it's great because I'm getting a whole bucket load of people in india indo-canadians indo-americans people from australia they're indian they're like yo and and we all call each other brother i don't know if you notice i we're like we're like pro wrestlers all the indian guys call each other brothers and cousins and stuff brother bye yo you motivate me i want to be just like you i want to be like bupinder and then it pushes people to think like and it, again it's it's all stereotypical but it's also true where if you have an indian family you're either going to be like doing the family business thing going to get pushed to be a doctor pushed to be a lawyer like entertainment wrestling sports is very very like low low percentage and we get to help motivate people so that for that part is cool and then the fact that we're um we're, we're we're being included so like it's going to give us the opportunity and the platform to educate people where we're not like I wear, I wear a turban on TV out of respect for my culture and my religion. I don't do it as a gimmick. I don't do it. As like, I want people, Oh, go hate me because I wear a turban. I'm going to educate people. So, you know, I can be cool too. I can be a handsome guy. I can be a, in a suit with a turban and be a good wrestler at the same time. I don't have to be a heel that's doing in the 1980s stick. So it's, so that inclusivity, uh, I like that part. The only thing is, like, I hope in the future in, in the near future that people of different ethnicities and backgrounds uh, are all getting their opportunity for their talent as opposed to just the ethnicity to fill in the, the quota.
0: Right. Um, it's funny you say that, too. Uh, I'll use Bupinder. Yeah. Bupender came to the ECW arena. Yeah. And they didn't, like, they didn't boo him. And he's a, I'm looking across, I'm like, is he the only baby face in the industry right now that's Indian? Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, uh, there's one more on
1: WWE, but he's Pakistani, uh, Mustafa Ali. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, and, and I'm like, that. this is cool. And there was not, they didn't just sit on their hands for him. He actually earned their respect and each, because it's hard work. And and I always say this throughout the world, people always judge people, it's by like a book. Don't, and that's that saying, don't judge a book by its cover, where Mm -hmm. you'll look around, you go to a bookstore, I want this book, I want this book. I, you know, you're looking at all these books, but then it's the, will I open it up and I read what the forward is about the book? And then, oh, I'm going to purchase this book. And these are the beginning stages for like Abu Pinder. Because mm-hmm. he got them to, he was presented this book, and people looked at the cover and like, meh, not too bad. And now I want to turn the page, and right. uh, I think that's cool. And you're a big part of watching of his rise uh, early on to the point where you guys you had a really you know, and then another hardcore city, Poughkeepsie. Yep. Uh, yeah, they're super into <laughs> all the stuff that you guys are doing, which is really, really. It's a it's a testament. Because as much as like we talked about, you know, racism and professional wrestling, mm-hmm. there's also like there's the fans don't give a, a crap mm-hmm. what's going on. And it's like everybody's included there. They don't care that, you know, you you two were Indian. They yeah. just cared about you're the bad guy and he's the mm-hmm. good guy, which I think says a lot about. And that's why I always say like for me, I wish the world could see through my eyes because I see everybody of every race, creed, color, all just sitting and celebrating wrestling. They don't give a shit what you are as long as we're entertaining.
1: Yeah. And as long as we're putting on that show and, and, and pulling that emotion out of them, which I think, which, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, that, was, that was a great moment. I remember that in Poughkeepsie where the fans were like, let them fight, let them fight. And it was just like, yo, this is cool. They're not looking for uh, an American versus an Indian for once they're looking for. Let's just see two guys go at it right here, right now.
0: Uh, my other favorite is one time, every time you took the Morrissey choke slam, for some <laughs> reason. And I, I always like forgot to afterwards say Myers needs to move his chair because everyone's head just comes within a milli inch of hitting their head because he gets up from the table and he leaves his chair there, and dudes are getting choke slammed, and just getting hit on the back of that head of your head would have killed. And I saw it two times, and I was like, Oh, Raj almost got crushed. Yeah, I didn't even know it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I remember that. I watched that a few times back. I was like, Wow, okay. Well, it was fun. It was fun, though. I mean,
0: <laughs> your facial backing up to Morrissey was what uh, made that whole thing. And then it was just like, Oh, shit. And uh but then you took that chokeslam in that chair was there. And I remember I was like, ooh, maybe I need to remind Myers, he needs to pull his chair out a little bit yeah, or take I, it with him.
1: Yeah, we weren't even thinking about I'm, i as I'm in the air, I'm not even thinking about that. I just cover my head and say, Whatever happens, happens. Let's see. <laughs>
0: uh stupid wrestling. Um, what are your goals for yourself uh within Business. You also, when we talk about wrestling, and I want to say the beauty of it because it's the beauty of my life. When we say we're crazy, we love it. But if yeah. you really think about it, like everything that from your life mm-hmm. has come from professional wrestling from your dad and, you know, set you up, set up a, a great business, did your family. Uh, and then, like for me, my houses, my family, everything I have is because of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I was actually just watching my trainer, Johnny Rods, train. He was wrestling Madison Square Garden. He actually got a victory, which shocked the shit out of me. <laughs> and, and I was just like, everything I have was because of him. Because he trained me how to be a wrestler. And yes, there's other circumstances, but I had one hell of a trainer. Mm. Um, so for like you, what are your goals? Because you don't need WWE, which is good.
1: yeah, Yeah, no. Um... So my goals, like, I was just, I was just talking about this with uh, one of the guys on our roster here because, you know, they, they didn't really know my story, so we were chatting. And he's like, what's your goals? Do, we, do you want to be famous? Like, the question was, do you want to be famous? And I was like, I don't, I don't care to be famous, bro. I care, like, I, I want to be in a position, like I said, where everybody wants to work with me or they look like, and they see my name on the list. I've seen it before. I've seen it uh, in, in some companies where somebody's I'm wrestling Raj saying. And they like, kind of like, I, I've seen their reaction where they, ugh, you know, the kiss of teeth. like All right, well, I'll try to get a good match out of him. I go, Come on, bro. You know, I had one bad match in my life that you saw. So I want to be a guy like, like a Josh Alexander, where people say I'm wrestling Josh tonight. I want to wrestle him. I want to work with him. And then I want to be in that position where production can turn around and say, we need a good promo. We need a good match. We need a good storyline. Raj, we can send him in for that. You want to be the guy that's going to enhance somebody. That's you. If you're going to be the guy that's going to get over or get the crowd popping, live on camera, off camera. Let's send them. I want to be relied upon. That's that's one of my big goals. Um, within the company, I want to be, of course, in a spot where I'm in the spotlight a little bit more, um, in the sense of you know being a champion because that will elevate myself out with my outside goals. Which one of them is opening up a uh, child and youth care center for like the troubled youth, We'll also teach professional wrestling or hockey because I have that background with coaching there as well. So that's a that's a personal goal I have after. Um, but yeah, I um, I, I want to be <laughs> I want to go now from pre shows on the pay per views to being on the pay per views, and then I want to have the longer matches, and then. Um, I also want to be in that position where wrestlers can come to me and I can give advice the same way I'm getting it from you. Got it from bad news, got it from Jerry, got it from my dad, but also not just about wrestling where it's about like life experiences. And like a lot of the times when you're telling us stories, you're not talking about wrestling. You're talking about life experiences. This happened. This person told me this. And I, you were telling me stories about uh, Terry and Dory Funk with you. you Paul Heyman with you. And that gets carried down, that's going to get, get carried down to a guy like me who I'm going to pass it to the next serious wrestling guy. Not just any Joe Blow student, the next serious wrestling guy because, like I said, we care about this. Um, and, of course, uh, the 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 honest answer that we all are going to say is we also want to make some money doing this. Because <laughs> I'd be lying if I said I don't want to make some money,
0: right? Right. Um, that's really, really cool that you want to help other people. I, I didn't know those outside goals of yourself, which is very admirable and very very cool. Uh total sidebar, how old was your dad when he got brought back to Impact Wrestling? He may be and what was it there the there was a famous book and then it was a movie the oldest rookie. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how old was he when he got signed? 65
1: 65. That's awesome. 65 years old getting booked, getting more money than some of the boys on the indies and like that's what the ongoing. Don used to call him Gama, You want to get booked, brother? <laughs> 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 My dad's like, book for what? Like, bring your turban. We'll make you a rock star in India.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and what about the the blindfold match you had with Eddie Edwards? Oh man, friggin' great. Awesome. Awesome. Like I talked to you that day too. I'm like, you'll go
1: talk to my dad. He's about, he's legit. Like his heart, like, you know, his palpitations, he's like, they're going off. I'm like, Tom, you got to talk to him and tell him he needs to start hitting the treadmill because I know Don's crazy ass is going to book him for another match in a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was great, man. And my dad loved it. He still talks about it. Like I just, uh, I'm actually at his house right now um, and we were just chatting and he's like, Oh man, we were talking about when his last match was going to be. Uh, or was, and it was Eddie Edwards. But we're going to get him in the ring once in Calgary here so we can have one last match.
0: Nice. Nah, just we'll, we'll, we'll book him again in Impact once he wants to come back. That travel, <laughs> travel schedule is the shits, but... That's you know, exactly, yeah. That is awesome. I want to be on that show. I don't want to come back. Uh, until the world uh, clears up, I don't know if I want to cross borders anymore. <laughs> um, my own recent scare. But uh, I think uh, that would be one I'd want to see because uh, he had such an amazing, amazing career. Um, And you're on the right path and you're on the right track of life, buddy. And I'm I'm happy uh, I was able to tell a bit of your story. How do our fans uh, follow you on social media?
1: Uh, On Instagram and Twitter, it's both uh, True Raj Singh. Um, That's where you'll find me, T-R-U-E-R-A-J-S-I-N-G-H. That's where I post all my... Um, pro wrestling stuff, uh, some, some personal stuff, I try to keep it, you know, a little bit separate, but there are some times where I'll be posting some family stuff. I'm a, like I said, big advocate for mental health. Um, and, and, and I try my best to help anybody and everybody through those avenues as
0: well. Well. Thank you very much. I'm happy I got your board. I'm going to hit you up on some for some trades again on social media. Uh, that will keep away from everybody on social media because you're the worst fantasy baseball player. <laughs> he loves all sports, but yet he won't answer trades from for weeks. They're up there. I hate those. Uh,
1: no, I, I was I was going to decline it, but I got I got to think about it some more. So no, I already <laughs> took it away. I pulled it off. <laughs> All right. Thank you for having me, Tommy. I really appreciate that
0: so much. Uh, Thank you. And that's this week's episode of House of Hardcore Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Peace.